0: This episode of Women on the Rise is sponsored by The Riveter, a workspace designed for women and their advocates. Stay tuned to the end for more information about how you can join The Riveter's movement and ambition.
1: And what I have come to realize over the last year is that my energy well is not finite. It is infinite. And that if I can do things that help me create energy, I actually have more energy to
0: put into my work. Welcome to Women on the Rise. I'm your host, Laura Dolch. And each week, I talk to thriving women about the practical self-care strategies they use to fuel their success and pursue what's most important to them in their careers and lives. We get real about topics like healthy eating, exercise, sleep, stress, time management, happiness, and productivity, while busting myths about work-life balance and being perfect along the way. My goal each week is to uncover a new insight or practical strategy that you can immediately apply to your life to recapture your momentum, mind, body, and soul talking to Tara Gentili. Tara is founder of CoCommercial, a digital small business community for entrepreneurs serious about making money, impacting their communities, and transforming the lives of those they love. She's also the host of Profit Power Pursuit, a podcast that takes you behind the scenes of successful small businesses. As a member of Co-Commercial, I've worked with Tara on my business over the past 18 months or so. I've also witnessed her personal growth this year as a hiker, rock climber, and believer in the power of a healthy and active lifestyle. And because I'm nosy, I invited her on the podcast (laughs) to talk more about her journey. Thanks so much for being here, Tara. Of course. I'm
1: excited to talk about this stuff.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. You were just saying as we were getting started that you don't normally get to talk about this kind of stuff because it's all business all the time. Yeah.
1: All business all the time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, totally. Well, and actually, if you don't mind just to lay the groundwork, could you kind of explain a little bit more about what you do and co-commercial?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So for years and years, Years I was a blogger and a business coach and developed coaching programs around that Um, and last year just really looking at what people really needed, where they were still struggling, where the market just was not serving them in the best way possible, I realized that uh, what people really needed was to be connected to people who were making things work. Uh, and who were having struggles of their own and really just kind of crowdsource the best information, the most current information, uh, the most dynamic information that they possibly could so that they could help each other get over obstacles and past setbacks and past roadblocks in their business plans. Um, and so that they didn't have to be relying on gurus and quote unquote <laughs> experts who maybe did it once but don't do it anymore. Yeah. And, um, and so that's really where co-commercial came from. And it's it's a community that I've been running in one form or another for over five years. Um, but in the last year, it's become the sole focus of our business. and And our goal is to provide direct access to people who have already answered the questions that you have as an entrepreneur or who have already Uh, you know, face the setbacks or the challenges that you're facing uh, so that they can give you that firsthand information on how to get past them and how to create a solution that really works for you. And then so that you can do that for other people as well. And it's that sort of mutual exchange that I think creates a really uh, beautiful environment for doing business and in what is becoming a new way in a new economy.
0: Yeah, totally. Well, and I've always loved that you don't sort of position yourself as a guru. Although I do think sometimes we we look to you for that and you're like, no, no, you guys have the answers. <laughs> <laughs> I might have some yeah. of them, but I appre- I actually really appreciate that about, about you and about Co-Commercial. Um, Thanks. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I'm actually curious about you know the reason I like to you know share with listeners about kind of what your work looks like um, is that I think it's important as a framework for how you fit you know sort of self care in. Can you talk a little bit about what an average day looks like for you?
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> so my average day now uh, looks like my alarm goes off between five thirty and six every morning. It's about the time that I would wake up, even if I didn't have an alarm. Yeah, so that that's my kind of usual wake up time. And I just set an alarm to make sure that I'm with the rhythm that I like to be in. Every so often, my body likes to sleep in. and And we don't like to do that during the weekdays, at least... <laughs> Not right now. Um, and so uh, I get out of bed, get, make myself a cup of coffee, and then um, start working out just about every day. Um, even rest days, I like to do something in the morning just to get the blood pumping and make, make me feel better, You know, get my energy level to the place that I need to be. Uh, so I work out for about an hour, take a shower, make some more coffee and uh, get started with work. Uh, Work for me can be anything from just a day right in front of my computer, banging out marketing content, um, just having conversations with people inside of Co-Commercial. Sometimes it's full of interviews or meetings or coaching calls or mastermind groups. Um, And so my days are pretty varied, um, although they always have just great conversations with cool people, which is why I love my work so much. Um, And then in the evening, Evenings, uh, my partner make generally makes dinner, which is awesome um, nice. that I don't have to do that. Even though I love to cook, uh, and then four times out of the week or so, I head to the climbing gym and get a session in there because I just find again it's a, just a really nice way to end my day. Just like all out, just you know, get as tired as I possibly can in an hour and a half, two hours, um, and then you know watch a little TV,
0: read a book and hit the sack. That's impressive. I got to say, I'm sitting here listening to you thinking, oh my goodness, I'm not doing nearly that much <laughs> as far as exercise. I'm like, I mean, for my thing and and even for my clients, I'm like, yeah, 30 minutes, just like, that's all I, that's all I have. So that, that's, that's amazing that you get that hour in the morning.
1: Well, that's a newer occurrence. So last year I really decided that um, I had I, I think it's probably cliche, right? But I had, quote, unquote, <laughs> let myself go. Um, yeah, yeah. In that I was really focused on work. I was focused on a still, you know, Fairly new relationship. I've been with my partner for five years now, and um, you know, at thirty-five, I feel like that's still fairly new. It's a small <laughs> chunk of my life, and and we had all sorts of shared passions around food and drink, and they had caught up with me over the ah, course of three to four years. Um, and I just, I didn't have as much energy as I wanted to have. I wasn't able to show up for my business in the way I wanted to show up. And so, beginning of last year, I just, I made a plan or I made a commitment to just getting up and doing something every morning, whether that was taking a walk or I started jogging and running in the morning. Maybe it was doing a little bit of yoga on days that I I wasn't up for that. Um, And that really was 15 to 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes on a good day. It kind of got a little bit longer throughout the year, got a little bit more intense throughout the year. And then just in the last few weeks, I've made a commitment to really be you know putting the focus on getting that hour in in the morning and then when i discovered climbing last july um i mean frankly i am addicted to climbing because <laughs> it is uh you know every time you get up that wall so i i'm i do bouldering which is shorter yeah. walls no ropes um okay. and so it only takes you know 60 to 90 seconds to get over the wall which means that when you finish a climb you've only ex- Spended 90 seconds of energy to get this dopamine rush. Yeah.
0: Wow. <laughs> I and mean, it is super a rush.
1: Cool. Yeah. And so I'm literally addicted to it, which is why I get so much in. Um, but it's, I, I mean, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I'm, I, I am loving life right now
0: that is so great well and and you make a really good point that you started out small right because that's Very so small. important and like you know I, it's funny you know i'm in this place where at the beginning you know, we're recording this in january and i'm at the beginning of the year and i always have this like dip at this time like towards the end of the year or getting into the new year and i have just now started thinking hmm maybe i'll run another half marathon I, you know like it's just finally occurring to me that it that it might be time but that's that's awesome so it doesn't sound like so you talked about you know sort of letting yourself go, and I think that that's a common feeling among well everyone, but women in particular. So, were you not always an active person, or were you were you active before and then hadn't been, or how'd that go for you? Yeah, so I was definitely a, an athlete
1: growing up. I played softball, I played basketball. Um, those that was all I did, um, and even. Even when I stopped playing competitive sports, I would still play rec sports. I was in marching band, um, and that was a huge part of my life. And yeah. just being a musician—like, sure, there are plenty of out of shape musicians, but I think your <laughs> best, the best musicians, or the people who have a lot of longevity, tend to be people who, if they're not, they may not be athletes, but there's they're. they're they have a level of fitness because sure. it requires, especially when you're a wind player like me, it requires some yeah. wind. Breath control uh, for sure. Exactly, exactly. And so um, I had identified as a quote unquote athlete for a good part of my life. And uh, let's see what it would be two years ago now i when i first started recognizing how much i had let myself go uh, i had hired a personal trainer uh, just to do i was hoping to do her jumpstart package and then be like her best client ever because (laughs) hello i'm an athlete right um and i realized in getting started with her how much i was not an athlete Mm -hmm. anymore and it was a huge Wake up call. It was a huge realization. It was also hugely demoralizing. And so mm. I wasn't able to complete that package with her. Um, I quit. I was, you know, quitter kind of thing. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, obviously uh, I had guilt around that. I can see that in so your face. So much guilt. So much <laughs> guilt. But, um, you know, and then it kind of took me a year of wrestling with that to just decide mm. that, no, this, this is something I need to get back. If I'm this embarrassed. If I'm that ashamed of this, mm-hmm. this change, then maybe that's something that I should deal with. That's something I should fix. Um, so yes, I mean, I'm very much early in my life. I, I was an active person. I was an athlete. That being said, um, in the last year, I've gotten myself in the absolute best shape of my life. There is no way when I was an athlete, I could have done some of the things that I've done over the last year. So that's been a really exciting development as well, that realization and and just realizing that just because I'm older now than what I used to be, doesn't mean that I can't do more than I ever could before.
0: Yeah, that's super cool. Well, and I also think, I feel like as we get older we it's like our focus is just better it's like and we know i don't know like i don't know that that's an entire i bet a lot of women can relate to that who have sort of gotten over that hump and gotten back into that sort of powerful place where they feel more powerful than they did even in their 20s yeah
1: absolutely i will tell you um when my partner and i first started dating it's probably like on our second or third date it might have even been on our first date um we we were talking about fitness or activity or uh, who knows what we were talking about and the subject that came up was running and we agreed that running as an activity that you enjoyed or did on a regular (laughs) basis was not ever going to be something either of us did Um, that was like a non-starter there is no running in this relationship (laughs) and so last year when i started running that was a huge (laughs) development it's sort of been something he's poked me about and reminded me about all year he hasn't budged on that one yet but we'll we'll get him there (laughs) um so yeah i mean even like i said when i was playing basketball when i was playing softball if you would have said hey can you run three miles straight i would have been like no freaking way. And now it's like, sure, no problem. Um, So very new, very different. And yes, feeling way more powerful now than what I did in my 20s or even my teens.
0: That's amazing. And so what was that internal dialogue like for you when you were in this place where you're sort of like recognizing that this was an area that you wanted to focus on, but you hadn't done anything yet? Like what, what what got you to that place where you were like finally ready to take action?
1: Yeah. So I was involved in a a mastermind around my business uh, for 12 months with a group of just absolutely powerful, um, incredibly inspirational, incredibly successful people. And I noticed how all of them had some sort of fitness routine Mm -hmm. and I did it. And some of them were really hardcore, like CrossFit people. Um, And I don't do CrossFit, but I totally get the, I get it and I get the culture around it and I get why people do it. And um, I found myself on a regular basis thinking, wow, you know, that clearly their physical fitness and their routines and their energy come from this practice that they have. And mm-hmm. I wish I could be that kind of person. And after saying that to myself enough over the course of that year, I realized why the heck can't you be that kind of person? That's not a you are or you aren't, that's a you do or you don't. And I was finding myself being the person who did it. And I thought if, well, if they're doing these things in their business and these things in their personal life, and those things somehow seem to go together more often than not, maybe I need to be one of those people who do instead of one of those people who don't. Um, And so it was a process of like really working it out mentally that this is what I needed to do. But that Mm -hmm. was what that was the the initial impetus toward making that commitment and then frankly um as i started rethinking my business at the beginning of 2017 um specifically in relation to what was going on in the world what was going on here in the united states um and just really wanting to be a part of change a part of resistance a part of um seeing new possibilities and opportunities in a in a time when we were just so, so, so down uh, yeah. by and large, uh, that I realized, well, if I'm gonna do this, I need a lot more energy than I have right now. And the only way I'm gonna have more energy is if I get my body back in shape. Um, and so it was, that was sort of the final thing that I needed to get over over the hump uh, and get that routine started. And then once the routine got started, it very quickly, I would say within two to three weeks, started to feel normal and mm-hmm. now it feels like if i'm if i don't have the time or if like legitimately I got to get to the airport at five o'clock in the morning or something that is a very jarring way to start my day instead of something that is just normal.
0: Yeah, yeah. What did you do first? So I know you talked about the, the personal trainer and how that didn't actually work out so well, Though that sounds like it was prior to this whole sort of inner dialogue and mm-hmm. mindset shift that you made. So what was, once you made that mindset shift, which by the way, I love, and I remember you saying that somewhere online, or I don't remember just that shifting from, I'm not the kind of person who does this to I am the kind of person who does this and how powerful that really was. Um, but what did you, what was your first step after that sort of shift?
1: Yeah, I think the first step was starting to set my alarm, which I had not done for years. Oh, wow. Uh, Right. Because when you work for yourself and your appointments by design don't start until 10 o'clock in the morning, you can wake up whenever you darn well, please. (laughs) (laughs) So I started setting an alarm so that I knew I would have time in the morning and then, um, it was january like so many people you know make these changes (laughs) it was january so it was really cold out Luckily, we had decided that we, when we moved to Pennsylvania, we needed to invest in a treadmill. So we had a treadmill uh, waiting for me. Um, <laughs> and so I started setting an alarm and just committing to you know, walking on the treadmill for 15 to 20 minutes every morning. And then um, once, and that really was maybe a week of doing that, I realized uh, that there was this app I had tried maybe a year or two before called Aptive, which is uh, just an audio personal trainer things mm-hmm. that you listen to and they talk you through different workouts and i was like well let me try some of these beginner treadmill workouts and they'll talk you through walking they'll talk you through jogging running different intervals and there's great music um and so that was what really then started to allow me to get uh, to push myself a little yeah, harder cuz yeah. i'm not very good at Pushing myself yeah, neither so am I.
0: Much. Yeah, you got it. You sometimes have an external force to get you to do that.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then once I was that that I was on the treadmill for about a month or two before it got warm enough where I felt like okay, now I can do this outside. And then once I started getting outside, it was like I'm hooked. There is there is no turning back. So, it, but it was yeah. just that little bit on the treadmill every morning that that really started to make a difference.
0: Nice. Well, and I love that you talked about eventually that it only took a few weeks to normalize it because I think that you know I. I I often say to my clients, I'm like, I promise you there will be a day where you can't imagine not doing this. Um, and and then what happens is it becomes like this, you have this internal trigger. I mean, this is kind of what happens for me is if I if I don't exercise for a period of time, like like what tends to happen in the winter, I eventually get to this place where I have to move my body mm-hmm. or I'll go crazy. So it doesn't last for very long because there's this like internal alarm that develops, right? Yeah. Or addiction, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> That's fine, too. That's cool.
1: yeah. no, I completely agree. i I feel that on a regular basis, um sometimes my partner Sean will say to me, "You know, it, can we just sit around the house today?" I'm like, <laughs> no." you can sit around the house. I'm going for a walk, which is totally fine. Like we're um, we're both cool with that, but I don't have the capacity to just sit around anymore. Like right now I'm dealing with what I think is a little bit of plantar fasciitis in my right foot right now. And so it's keeping me from being able to do much of anything strenuous. And it's very, like, it's a push and pull. Like I've tried jogging the last two mornings and I'm like, okay, I really need to take a day off tomorrow. <laughs>
0: it's it's hard. killing
1: me. Yeah. So it's it's for me it's over over, I mean, just in the last this has probably been about six months where, yes, it is that daily alarm of you haven't moved enough. And it's not just my Apple watch telling me, right? It's, it's internal too. Yes, you yes. haven't moved enough. You need to just, you're not, not going to be where you want to be. And not just body-wise, not just um, you know uh, like weight-wise, but energy-wise, brain-wise, I'm not going to be able to show up the way I want to show
0: up. You have big dreams through hiking the Pacific Crest Trail, traveling solo to Tibet, starting your own business, running a marathon, nailing the presentation at the corporate retreat. But there's just one problem. You feel tired for no reason, lazy, lacking in confidence, like your entire identity has changed over the past five, 10, 15 years. You used to be active, engaged, powerful, but those days are gone, lost in the years you spent figuring out how to be a mom, how to rise to the top of your profession, how to be the best partner you can be to your spouse. In these 5, 10, 15 years, the only person not on your list was you. You've lost touch with the confident, active, powerful woman you remember being, and you're over it. That's why I created my free audio guide and online workshop to show you three surprising ways to reactivate the confident, healthy, and powerful you so you can wake up with the power to take on your goals. To get your free copy, visit LaraDolch.com free dash guide. That's LaraDolch.com free dash guide. Yeah, actually, tell me about that. So, how has prioritizing self-care and activity changed your experience as a business owner and and as a mom, as a partner, all of that?
1: Uh, it's completely changed it. <laughs> I have so much more energy than I did uh, a year ago, definitely more than I have a year and a half ago. Um, Moving more has changed, just naturally changed my diet. I tend to not want to put food into my body that doesn't make me feel good. Um, It has changed. So one one of the things I did not expect is that becoming more disciplined about my movement and my exercise was also going to lead to being able to much more easily be disciplined about business things as well so i've always been a it's in my head kind of person or um you know i figure it out on my own kind of person and as i've become more disciplined with movement i have also been able to become much more disciplined with systems and documentation (laughs) and empowering my team and giving them ownership over things um and so both with my my movement and my body and with my business and my team I'm in a completely different place I am operating it's not just that I feel better I am operating in a different way now mm-hmm. um, and it's uh, for me I feel like the the neurons that had to fire to make those things happen are the same set of neurons <laughs> you know yeah, it's yeah it, it really feels like um, I there was no way I could continue operating my business in the way I was operating it before once I had made these physical changes because it just didn't make sense anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, if I get all these amazing results being this disciplined with movement, then certainly I'm going to get better results with my business if I can be disciplined with my business as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've heard people say, you know, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And it's sort of what exactly what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: How has it affected your sort of personal life and, and your relationships and all that stuff too?
1: Yeah. So <laughs> um, my with my relationship with my partner, I mean, he could not be more proud of me and all of the changes that I've made. And I think that it's caused him to make some uh, really important changes as well over the last six months. Um, and so there's a we spent a lot more, I think, quality time together because of changes that I've made. And at the same time, I have more of a life without him as well. Mm-hmm. So we we were those, those kind of people that, you know, we did everything together. We, you know, eat, and like I said, the eating and the drinking piece right, right, of totally. like, that was what we did for fun. And now what we do for fun is we go on a hike or we go for a bike ride or we go to the climbing gym. And so while he may not be completely on team Tara with, <laughs> with the level of intensity of, right. of my workouts yet, um, we're definitely way more on the same page with what is fun for us and what creates a better relationship for us. I think Mm -hmm. another really awesome part of of the changes that I've made over the last year is that I have friends now. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, you know from operating a business online that, you know, I talk to people all day long. I have amazing friendships with people who live all over the country. But it is quite normal for me to literally not have a single friend within 10 minutes of me or within 20 minutes of me. My closest friend here lives 40 minutes away from me. And so while it's great to hang out with her, we don't see each other on a daily or even on a weekly basis. Um, And so now, you know, with going to the climbing gym every week, it's just like going to the bar, going to the coffee shop at the same time every day. Or or multiple times a week, you just make friends because you're there. And yeah. so now I actually have a local support network um, and, and people that I can text and say, hey, you want to hang out, even if it's not going to the gym. Um, and that's, I mean, that is a really, really new development for me in my adult life. It is something that post college something i never had and something that i have now specifically because of you know these this this commitment to my fitness and my health over the last year
0: that's awesome yeah and i you know i've had conversations a lot recently with um with people in their 30s and 40s about yeah how hard it can be to develop that social network as we get older cuz yeah it's just people are doing their own thing and that that's such a great side effect i hadn't really even thought of and it's the same way in the running community it's like you know you develop running friends, and you know mm-hmm. that's great that's i that wouldn't have necessarily even occurred to me you know I'm curious about you know since you work with so many other business owners, what mistakes you see them make when it comes to this area of self care
1: yeah. I mean, I I have to say that I feel often like I am the last one to figure this stuff out. <laughs> so I feel like I've been the one making all of the mistakes with the self-care uh-huh. and, and the energy management and all that good stuff. And I'm, I'm certainly not alone. Um, and so I think that the By and large, the number one mistake that entrepreneurs or really anyone who's that kind of high achieving, ambitious type of personality make is that we focus all of our all of the energy that we have into the work that we're doing, because we feel like um, we must feel like it's a well that can run dry right? Mm-hmm, and so you yeah, have this much energy in a day, I work. And what I have come to realize over the last year, and again, I know I'm like the last person on the planet to re- realize this, <laughs> is that my energy well is not finite. It is mm-hmm. infinite. And that if I can do things that help me create energy, I actually have more energy to put into my work. If I do things that help me create focus, I have more focus to put into my work. If I do things that help me reach certain goals in one aspect, I have more uh you know just more good stuff to put into reaching goals in other aspects of my life, in this case my business. Um, and so I think that's i don't I don't know that that's a specific mistake, but just that mindset that I've got to give my business all I've got because it's all I have is yeah. not. True, right? And if you expand what you attempt to accomplish with the energy and attention and focus that you have in the day, you'll find you have more energy, attention, and focus left over to uh, above and beyond to mm-hmm. devote to the work that you're doing.
0: Yeah, that's such a great that's such a great message because I think that you know I um, was talking to someone the other day about. Looking at the exercise and the, the time that we take to do that or the meditation or the whatever is in your self-care ritual, looking at that as work, right? It's mm-hmm. part of your work. And rather than feeling guilty about, oh my gosh, I should be sitting in front of my computer doing this. Well, no, what you're doing is, is benefiting that to your point. It's, it's bringing it all back and allowing you to be more productive.
1: Yeah. And I think that it has to, I mean, going back to mistakes too, I think that it has to be built into the routine of your day. Like I love Mm -hmm. that you started out just by asking me, you know, what does a typical day look like to me? Because that's really important to me now. It's important that I start my day with working out. It's important that I have this chunk during the day, that I take a break for lunch, that if it's nice out, I take a break to take a 20 minute walk, that I do something else in the evenings. That all to me is, that's what I give my day and my day is what fuels my work Um, and it has to be to me it has to all be one exactly what you said
0: yeah yeah totally yeah it has to all contribute it's all ultimately contributing to the same to the same goal Yeah, for sure. So I'm curious. I think I probably know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Like, is there is there one particular habit that you have that sort of disproportionately affects your day? I think I actually got that question from you. I think you asked that on Profit Power Pursuit or asked something like that to someone. I was like, that is such a great question. Like, one thing that was you know right. I know it's good. I'm pretty sure that's where I got it. In
1: a while, I'm going to start asking that again. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I mean, I think. I really think it's whatever my morning workout is and yeah. it's different um almost every day you know depending on what the day of the week is it may be different it might be a run it might be a yoga session it might be a strength training workout but if i don't do that thing if i quit because i'm feeling bad if i just get bored and i quit it affects the whole rest of my day. If I power through something or if I accomplish something new in a workout, oh my God, that will fuel me for the rest of the day. And so, mm. yeah, I mean, I just kind of thinking over the things that I do on a regular basis, that has got to be the number one thing that, that it just, it sets the stage for everything else. It, it absolutely disproportionately positively <laughs> affects uh, everything else that happens in a day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now that's what I figured you would say, but I wanted to ask anyway. And it's yeah. interesting. You you did have to think about it though. So there there must be other other things that you do. Yeah. So so the morning ritual piece of it, right? Like, which is kind of, you know, how I like to frame what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. The And exercise is obviously a big piece of it. Coffee is obviously a piece of it too. It's a piece of mine sure as well. Is. is there anything else that slips in there that you didn't mention that is sort of part of that? morning ritual and setting up your day.
1: Yeah, actually. And this is one that this is a piece of it that I'm playing with right now. Um, so this is this is the embarrassing part of my morning ritual. <laughs> um it used to be, as of like two weeks ago, that my alarm would go off and I would spend about 45 minutes to an hour in bed on my phone. Um yes. Oh my I, gosh. I know. That, like I said, embarrassing. Not checking email. I don't, I don't do work in that hour um i am not one of those people that roll over rolls over and checks their email because wow what a terrible way to start your day totally but i read the news i check in with the blogs that i read i voraciously consume uh instagram i love instagram i love the variety (laughs) of instagram i love the simplicity of instagram i just i have fallen in love with instagram since i quit facebook (laughs) and um So I will will, spend an hour on Instagram. Anyhow, um, I was doing that in bed and it was, you know, so it was a process of like, okay, even though I was looking forward to getting to my workout, I wasn't looking forward to getting out of bed. Um, And so during my holiday break, because I like to start New Year's resolutions before New Year's because it's way less pressure. So but during my holiday break before January first, I made the decision that that really it did it wasn't that it needed to stop, but that I needed to get out of bed first. Right, um, and so I still spend that. For- it's closer probably now to 30 to 45 minutes instead of 45 minutes to an hour. Um, But I'm still spending that time getting engaged with what's going on in the world, getting engaged with what's going on in my social network, um, getting engaged with the people who inspire me on a daily basis. Um, uh, But I'm not doing it at, I'm doing it with a cup of coffee now. And then I'm getting to my workout and I'm already, I think that that's having really positive results. It's definitely supporting me working out longer in the morning because I can get started a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just have more space. Um, but I think also it it leads to me feeling less lazy every yeah, morning. Yeah. Um, and that's that just in two weeks time has been really huge. So I think I'll, I'll continue to play with that piece of it. But I think getting myself out of bed when the alarm goes off is going to be something I stick with.
0: That is so great. I actually, I think I'm going to run the same experiment because I have fallen into the same trap. So thank you for that. (laughs) I will be very curious to know how your experiment continues. And yeah, yeah.
1: it is something I have done for years and it's something that I actually, I get a lot of benefit from that kind of quiet time for reading and engaging with Mm -hmm. the world. Even if I'm not reading long form things, just putting in information and letting it digest throughout the morning. Um, but it had gotten to the point where there were, I think, other things that weren't so great about it. So yeah, yeah. like I said, it's, it's going to be a bit of an experiment here, but the getting out of bed piece is doing well. <laughs> well, and it
0: sounds like you've just sort of, you've slightly tweaked it so that it serves you, right? Exactly. Whereas before it wasn't necessarily. Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: Or not serving me as well as it could for sure.
0: Right, right. Totally. No, I love that and I can so relate to that. It's a it's a dangerous trap that I Whew, fall into myself. So, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. So, so just big picture question. What are your thoughts about this idea of work-life balance? Do you think it exists? Is it like, is it possible? Like, you know, I have very strong feelings about that term, but I'm always curious about my guess.
1: Yeah. So if you have strong feelings about it, then we're probably pretty on a very similar page <laughs> because I think work-life balance is just like a ridiculous concept. Totally. Now, yes. <laughs> obviously you and I are both coming from the perspective of self-employed people. Who have um, both the privilege and the responsibility of creating our own days and kind of living our work on a day to day basis. Um, But I am way more interested in living my life, and work is a certain part of that. Other things are a certain part of that. My family is a certain part of that. And I am not so interested in in balance. If I want to work for an hour or two in the evenings, great, I rarely do, but great. It's not like I'm gonna feel bad about it. Um, If there are some times where I'm working 60 hours a week or 70 hours a week, uh, because that's what the deadlines call for, I'm gonna be okay with that because I know there's an end point to it. If sometimes I take two weeks off at a time, that is also okay, you know. In this last year, um, I took a two-week vacation at the end of August. I took two and a half weeks off at the end of the year, where I just did not work, right? Yeah. And I know that, sure, maybe four weeks of vacation doesn't sound like a lot to some people, but it was a lot for me, um, and it was a real step back. It was a no email, no nothing. It was a literal step away from my business. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm much more interested in going with the flow, figuring out what needs to happen when, uh, being mindful certainly of personal obligations, personal uh, goals, personal commitments, um, and what I want out of my personal life and my personal responsibilities and making sure I make time for that. But balance to me seems very arbitrary. And so yeah. I'm way more interested in work-life integration than balance.
0: Yeah. No, you and I are on the exact same page. Like I had a rant about this a couple of years ago in a blog post because it just drove me so crazy that there was this sort of artificial boundaries between these two made up buckets in our life. It doesn't make sense. And yeah, I love what you said about, you know, yeah, like sometimes if, okay, if you want to call it balance, fine, but you know, sometimes it means something different than it does, you know, weeks later or a month later or whatever and and being able to flow with it um instead of feeling guilty for not having this like exactly 50 50 sort of thing which is impossible
1: yeah and i live my work and my work is my life too right so um you know if i'm there might be a story with my kid that i bring into my work there might be something from that i've learned at work that i want to bring into personal relationships and like you said trying to separate those two things into buckets or putting a wall between them to me doesn't make sense. I Mm -hmm. want to be able to use what I learn one place in another place. And I want that to feel like it's flowing really freely. Um, So yeah, it's, It's not about time for me. It's not about self-care or lack thereof. It really is about just recognizing that I have the opportunity to create what I want with my business, with the work that I do, and I have the opportunity to create what I want. My relationship and family um, and my interests outside of that and just following what I want and creating structure around that so that I can actually have it is what's most important to me.
0: That's great. Yeah, so what's next for you? What are you excited about? What's
1: next for me?
0: Well, um, we are continuing to just
1: uh, grow co-commercial and and grow the community of small business owners that we have there that we're supporting. Um, so we're doing a lot of the same stuff that we've done over the last year, continuing to run some experiments, figuring some things out, figuring out what's going to work best in a for in a lot of different areas, but it's a lot of the same, which is actually for me, very exciting at this point in my entrepreneurial journey. Um, there are so many things that, you know, so many times where you're considering a pivot or you're building something new and we're continuing to tweak um, what is really, really exciting to me. Um, in personal life, uh, let's see what's next. We are planning a lot of road tripping and camping this year, which is new <laughs> for me. Um, not yeah, road I can say I'm a
0: camper. I'm not yeah. a camper. <laughs>
1: <laughs> road tripping's not new, although we're, we're opting to switch a lot of what would have been plane travel this year into road travel. Um, uh, my partner and I have a personal goal of hitting all 59 national parks in the next 10 years. Fun. Yeah. And so we, uh, our goal every year is, is six, um, with hopefully some of the years where we, uh, have to go to the more far field <laughs> national parks. We don't have to quite hit quite so many, um, but we plan on hitting six or seven this year. Five will be in one road trip um, that wow. we'll take over the summer. Yeah, so that's those are sort of the things out on my horizon, and I'm just I'm really looking forward. I you know there were so many new skills, <laughs> were so many things that I realized I could do last year, um, yeah. and this year I'm just like looking forward to even just becoming aware of all the things I'm going to learn how to do this year.
0: That's awesome. Yet another side effect of that journey, right? It sort of opened up your world in, in <laughs> Pretty much. more than one way. Yeah. So yeah. where can people learn about you and your work?
1: Yeah. So the best place to learn about me is at cocommercial.co. You can find out more about uh, our social and support network for small business owners there. And then if you love podcasts like this one, um, I'd highly recommend checking out my podcast as well. It's called Profit Power Pursuit. Uh, And I talk to small business owners and entrepreneurs really about the behind the scenes and the nitty gritty of what makes their businesses work. Um, And we have just a lot of really great conversations about a lot of the things that, uh, you know, not get talked about on the typical (laughs) podcast uh, or in the typical, you know, kind of guru conversation. So uh, that's really fun. And uh, yeah, those are, those are definitely
0: the two best places to check me out. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Tara. This is really fun. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad we got to talk about this good stuff. That's it for this week's episode of Women on the Rise. Visit laradalchcom slash podcast for show notes and resources mentioned in this episode. You can download other episodes of this podcast and subscribe in the iTunes store or in Apple Podcasts. If you liked what you heard, I so appreciate your reviews and recommendations because they help me reach as many Women on the Rise as possible. This episode was produced by me with editing help from Dave Nelson at Lens Group Media. Tune in every week for new interviews that give you the practical tools you need to recapture your momentum, mind, body, and soul. The Riveter is a women forward workspace designed for community work and wellness, not just a desk and a co-working space. The Riveter is a transformative movement for all women and their advocates to invite ambition. The Riveter provides the support resources and amenities to build successful businesses. Their members are entrepreneurs, remote workers, consultants, and everyone in between. They even have a community membership plan that provides access to professional development and fitness programming without the desk. The Riveter now has two locations in Seattle's Capitol Hill and Fremont neighborhoods. And the third location will open this year in LA. If you're interested, visit info.theriveter.co that's C O slash women on the rise for a special offer for women on the rise listeners. That's info.theriveter.co slash women on the rise.